puck deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yep, here we are, boys. Just dishing at 84. Joined as always by John Toods Tudor, Derek Hoskin. Boys, it's opening week. Shops open on Friday. Come check it out, everybody. I know you're time. on Thursday. We'll be posting about it throughout the week, obviously. But yeah, come check out our, our new spot, our new home. It's going to be exciting. Um, Possibly some guests, some special guests on the way. Possibly. That's all. I'll leave it there. It's just a possibly. Potential, potential to have some fun, you know. Well, we're going to have fun, but potential some, <laughs> some nice guests, hopefully. So we'll see. Anyways, boys, how's the week going? Busy. Busy, yeah. busy, busy, as always. New week, like I said, opening week here. Tudes, I know he's coming back from his favorite city on the planet. Um, I think he is solely responsible. It is, if if Tortorella is 80% responsible, the players are 1% responsible, and John Tudor is 19% responsible for the heater that the Philadelphia Flyers are on. Um, I mean, the Pens are doing great, too. So it's good, right, for you, Tudes? But, I mean, that had to chap your ass a little bit to be in that city. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. What a terrible place! Uh, <laughs> I, no, I uh, as much no as much shit as I like to get Philly and joke around with it. I had a moment actually on Friday night after we got in, dropped the stuff off at the hotel, walked around the corner um, to a uh, good spot called Cleavers. Um, ended up getting a uh, a cheesesteak and a couple beers there, and it was funny. I'm sitting at the bar, eating my cheesesteak cold beer in front of me bartenders not paying attention to when you need a refill because he's turned around watching the Phillies game there everyone's having a great time because the Phillies are winning and I was like this is this is the most Philadelphia experience you could possibly have <laughs> uh, but I can't no, believe I, they're in the World Series yeah That's incredible awesome. right that, wouldn't have, wouldn't have bet on that halfway through the year if you did you're probably sitting pretty pretty right now but uh, that Bryce Harper uh walk off was pretty fucking nuts too I mean, yeah, it wasn't he, a walk-off, but, yeah, that was that was ice yeah, in his veins. He's such a – like, he's such an embodiment of big-time players make big-time plays. Like, that's a guy that truly the moment is never too big for him. Uh, and he's just – he's so much fun to watch. I don't know. Did you guys uh, – It's a the- cool redemption story kind of, though, isn't it? Because didn't the year – his first year he left Washington was when they won the World Series? And he also had the famous blunder in his press conference when he went to Philly. Um, his like opening press conference as a Philly, just like yeah, really just trying to help the team and, and bring a championship to uh, to Washington, and then was like basically like oh shit, I'm in Philly now. Oh yeah. <laughs> so he did no, no. he did pull one of those. Uh, so that was kind of funny, but. Yeah, I mean, he's he's played super well. They're a fun team to watch, too. I mean, I caught some of the game after the wedding at the after party on Saturday, and it was just a cool vibe being in. It's always a cool vibe being in a city when their home team is winning playoff games because there's just that buzz in the air. Everyone's wearing the gear wherever you go. It's it's a fun atmosphere. Yeah, love that. Um yeah, it's it's been crazy. That's how crazy sports is, right? I mean, but like there's said, not a shot in the world Carter Hart's going to keep up his nine four nine or whatever save percentage that guy's got going insane. on right now. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what Torts does, though. He comes in and he just fucking rips everybody up and just chaos. Just guy just kind of brings a little bit of chaos to culture in in teams in the rot locker room and stuff like that. Um, so I mean. People are I don't I'm not that surprised at their start, I would say. Just knowing not, what I know about torts, you know what I mean? I'm really not either, because one torts and he's had track records, right? He's a guy that has a short shelf life because guys get sick of him, but he always makes an impact when he first comes in. And the other piece of that puzzle is I think like I said on our season preview stuff, Philly talent wise is not as bad as their record was last year. 
Yeah, it's not it's yeah. not like they don't have good hockey players on that team, right? Like Carter Hart, as much as I like to joke, he's he's a solid goaltender. He had an abysmal year last year, but look at what he did before last year, right? That guy has the ability to play stretches of hockey that are as good as almost any goaltender in the National Hockey League. So who knows what he's going to do over an 82-game season this year if his mind is right and he's healthy. Still and so then, young. Yeah, and you've got good players on that team. So I, they're fine. I don't think they're going to be like powerhouse, lead the Eastern Conference type team when all, things are all said and done. But, I mean, if Philadelphia makes the playoffs, I'm not going to say that you know, they don't, they don't belong there. They're, they had a terrible year last year, but they're a better team than their record showed. This has just got to be chapping your ass to admit all this. It does, stuff. It does but no, you know what though? <laughs> I, and I'll always say it because every single weekend I shit on the Steelers too, whenever I'm talking about them, because they're fucking terrible to watch and they have the talent and they're just underachieving uh, in many ways. I'm a fan there's certain teams I love. There's certain teams I hate, but I'm always realistic about it, right? I'm not blowing smoke on a team that I like saying that they're better than they are. I'm realistic. And if a team that I hate is doing well, it is what it is. I mean, we, we blow smoke, right? We have fun with it. But at the end of the day, we're rational people. Yeah, I mean, like Kyle Ock. We're not like hard, the – yeah, yeah. right, that's all in good fun – we're not legitimate like some of these Rangers fans during the Eichel thing that Philip Heedel is untouchable in a Jack Eichel trade. Like that, we're not. Can I, can we're I not sidebar that. on that as well. Absolutely. Not on the Rangers fans because we know how I feel about that, <laughs> but more so on, I think, and I've had this conversation with people, so interested what you guys think. I've had people say to me that if I'm negative on something like the Steelers, the way they've played this year. They're like, oh, like, you know, you're not you're not being a, a real fan or whatever. It is part of being a fan. Like, do you have to just sit there and smile at everything they do and say that, oh, this is the greatest team ever? Like, I mean, I'm just thinking about my experience here the last decade I've lived in Buffalo. I mean, there's diehard Sabres fans out there that hate the Sabres the last decade. They still watch the games, but they hate the team, right? Like, I mean, that was oh, me. yeah. same thing with the Bills, right? When I first moved to Buffalo, the Bills were shit. They mm-hmm. were that seven and nine team that didn't make the playoffs, but didn't get the top draft pick. It was before Josh Allen got here and they turned the corner. People weren't talking about them like they are now. And I think people forget about that sometimes when their team does get good is, you know, when your team is bad, it's okay to, you're still going to watch the games. You're still rooting for them, but it's okay to sit there and shit on them a little bit when they deserve it, right? Am I am I wrong here? Is this my, no? I think I think for me, I look at it with the Sabers. Like I will just I will rip them to shreds when over the you know decade plus that it's been that they've been bad because I care mm-hmm. because that's you know what I'm saying. But like I reserve the right to do that because I still support that. I do it while watching a 10 o'clock game in fucking October in Seattle. So So, that's, that's the point, right? Like you're staying up to watch a West coast game or you're watching, you know, when, when your football team's bad and you're staying up on Monday night, even though you got to go into the office the next day, just to watch them lose. And what you know is going to be a ridiculous game. It's like, you're still a fan. You're still watching the game, but I think when when you're experiencing that, you reserve the right to shit on them a little bit. Yeah, and there's levels. There's different levels to it, I think, too. Where like last night's Monday night game, didn't watch a lick of it. Why would you? Oh, yeah, but no, there's yeah. um, shout out to the Bears though. The Bears, good for them. Did um, they win? I didn't even. I didn't. Even they look at it. they put up a thirty banger on the Patriots and won um, in will, Foxborough. I will say. Um, but the really quick, Derek. Though, did you hear this too? Probably they. So Mac Jones was hurt. He comes back. He starts the game. He's like three of six for thirteen yards, and then Belichick him. benches him and puts that Billy Zappy back in. Yep. So they were booing Mac Jones, and then by the end of the game, after the little run that Zappy went on, and then they got their doors blown off, they were booing Zappy too. It's like, what are we doing? Yep. 
That's just part saw, of the wacky thing. I saw shit, a, I a tweet from someone last night that they took the under on Mac Jones passing yards, completions, uh, rushing, and like like four different things, and he got pulled in like the second quarter. That's, That's glorious. Yeah, they, you can't ask for much more on that. That's um, also though. I think that shows and a lot of a lot of people go through this in the course of their life as a fan, right? Where there's no team is going to be bad forever as no team is going to be good forever, right? So you see Patriots fans booing these quarterbacks and it's it's kind of that reality check and similar to kind of what I'm going through right now after, you know, Big Ben's career and you know, struggling through a rookie quarterback right now, it's you that frustration mounts because you're not used to turning the TV on on a Sunday or on a Monday night and losing consistently. And co- consistently, right? You're not you're not used to turning a game on and expecting a loss. It's and it's a weird feeling when you're not used to that for so long. Where on the flip side, it's like. I'm sure that Bills fans in the early 2000s were going through that after the success of the 90s, right? Even even without the Super Bowl titles, like they were a very good team through the 90s. Then they went through a period where, you know, people our age kind of had the flip where Bills weren't good for them growing up. Now they're really good. Sabres fans already experienced this when the Sabres had that run of being one of the best teams in hockey and then all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out from under you and you're waking up to 20 and 60 teams. Like it's, it's gotta be, it's tough, but I think as a fan, you have to remind yourself one, these players are, they're human beings. So I think you're kind of a scumbag if you're getting personal with players, chirping them online and stuff like that. Cause I have seen that stuff, but two, reel it in. Like you're booing, you're booing these guys, but you've been spoiled for how many years as a Patriots fan, enjoying championships and playoff seasons. Fucking suck it up. I agree. I don't. Am I wrong? No. No. No, you're not. I don't think you're wrong at all. Like you're never. Like you're not going to be good forever. You can't. Nobody can't. You literally can't. No. Like, Like right. Like right now, you've got a total shift, right? You had how many years where in the AFC it was the Patriots. It was the Colts when Peyton Manning was there winning 13 games a year. It was the chargers who never really finished, but always won, you know, 12 games. The Steelers were good. Now look at where a lot of those teams are. They're not very good. And you've got, you know, the chiefs and the bills of the world coming up and now it's now it's their turn to run the show for the next decade like it's just how sports work yeah man couldn't agree more worded that perfect in my opinion um i want to make sure we touch on you know one of the greatest i think will go down as one of the least appreciated but one of the greatest stories in the history of possibly sports but hockey for sure we are on recording this on the eve that Phil fucking Kessel is going to break the Ironman streak in the NHL for consecutive games played. Um, Greatest athlete of all time. Yeah. I mean, I just want to kind of just like let you, for those who might live under a rock and not know what's going on with Phil Kessel and everything. Like, I just think he deserves, you know, a couple minutes here, give him his due. Uh, Phil uh, Phil Kessel's been a fixture in the NHL for his entire career, as as evidenced by the uh, the Ironman streak that that he's about to break, um, passing Keith Yandel for most consecutive games. You know, looks like trending toward a thousand consecutive games here. Just incredible, incredible run here with Phil Kessel and a guy that. A guy that is also produced too, right? He's in the mix. He's scored so many big goals. He's had a lot of playoff runs over the years, especially toward the second half of his career. Uh, you know, some of the time that he spent in Pittsburgh, some deep playoff runs there. Uh, you know, so he's played some tough hockey too. And 
that guy just he's done an unbelievable job of just making himself available every single night for his teammates and in the organization that he's playing for at the time and he's he's been a joy to watch it's no secret he's he's been you know my my favorite player and uh you know for a while in the nhl he's i just i've always liked the way he plays just watching him i i kind of consider um you know him a role model in, in the way that he can score with a dad bod you know it's uh it's what you it's what you dream of when uh when you're someone like me so uh no but he's uh he's an incredible player incredible career can't wait to see him continue to extend the streak as long as he possibly can it's it's so much so much fun and i think benny you summed it up nicely when you said uh underappreciated because I think we don't realize how hard it is in any professional sport, but especially a contact sport like hockey to just stay healthy that long, right? Where you don't, he hasn't even had the, you know, the random, you know, broken foot from, you know, a puck bouncing off of it, or, you know, somebody takes him down at an awkward angle and, and sends him out onto the, the IR for a couple months. And, you know, that's, that's so rare in the game to be that available and that consistent. So hats off to Phil Castle, unbelievable streak, and uh, can't wait to see him extend it. Beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. And I don't think, right, I mean, we always, people say this with any record in sports, but I truly don't know that I could see someone else beating it's it's tough to imagine. I mean, maybe, maybe but you feel now, like you feel like guys take care of their bodies a little bit. Yeah, but that's to, the thing; he doesn't. It, well, he really he does I, now a little think, bit as he's I older. He, but I think he does more than people give him credit. But that's part of it. That's part of it too, right? Where he's two not thirds of that streak. He was eating hot dogs, crushing Pepsi's, like, which, which is what it is. And I think that and it's, also, that makes it amazing. It makes it more amazing. Yeah, but I don't know, like. The great John Daly said, "You can't pull fat." You know, I mean, I mean, you you could pull muscles, you could tweak things, but I think that's the thing where nowadays guys do, you know, the the McKinnons, the McCars, the the younger players of the world take such good care of their bodies, but at the end of the day, in a contact sport like that the odds are at some point something random is going to happen to you that's probably out of your control anyway, and you're going to have to miss a game or two. Right. Yeah, it's super interesting. It's incredible. Um, can't wait to see how long it goes. Um, so shout out to Phil the Thrill Kessel. Just a guy's guy. Doing it in Vegas, too. You Man, that's, that's pretty fucking rock star, isn't it? Yeah. That's awesome. I will say something about Vegas. Um they put out. Oh, here we go. Yeah. 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 We got to get into this. Yeah. Get in there, buddy. Um, this comes from obviously me being, you know, social media and marketing and everything and video and stuff. But yeah, Vegas's pregame, like social media post for Phil for the amount of games played was. Did you really... pull it up? Did you happen to pull it up that we could see it? Because I didn't look it up, but yeah. continue. Yeah. Let me see. It might be um, interesting to see if me and Toots can react to it live. Yeah, um, I definitely – and I sent it to Nick. I know that. Yeah, anyways, but yeah. Yeah, no, they, it was um, just a, a one static shot of fucking Phil just literally standing there. like, And it's like it, – it goes on for a long time. And I'm just like, where are we, where are we going with this? At that point, you're probably better off with a picture, right? Because I know I was talking yeah, about – Yeah, that's, what I, that's what I mean. There. It was like I can kind of understand where he's new to Vegas – so they don't really have like a full like Phil Kessel highlight reel like they would if it was one. That's of the fine. I get that. I get that. In, but that's that's totally. And, fine. and the other thing is too, if we're talking, you know, professional, you know, sports team, social media is not everyone is lucky enough to have a Kyle Wittick on their team. You know? This is true. I mean, that's really right. what it comes down to. All right, I definitely I've got something. I've got Couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, okay. so this is the clip. Oh, it's his you... back's turn too. Yeah. He looks so weird in number eight. I mean, it just keeps going in this. 
like, like why not why not just the picture it, 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 that's what i'm saying i just thought that that's and we're on maybe they were taking a video thinking he was about to like buzz around and Terrible. Warm up a little bit and he was Terrible. like yeah, fuck it, i'm loose Terrible. hey derek speaking of twitter no, how much just, did how much did you love my quote to reply to your uh oh. a few <laughs> days ago with the schnozberries oh yeah we never uh, talked about that in person that just reminded me that was a very good one. I, I enjoyed that very much. Um, no, it was funny. I was just on a roll. Uh, yeah, that that just like really grinded my gears because it's like we're like, what are we no doing effort, with, what no are we effort doing with at content? All. Yeah, like, what I not, and I'm not asking for like a highlight reel or anything like that. Like like just like a video of him just like stick handling, yeah. passing the puck, doing, doing Derek, can I ask you a follow-up on this point, though? Yes. Because I want to hear your thought on this. If it wasn't – if it was just another game, Phil Kessel didn't have this Iron Man streak, this amazing thing, regardless of when he got to a team, if that was just a random video they posted that just like, hey, Phil Kessel's here kind of thing, but it wasn't so closely tied to the day that – he's tying a like incredible streak kind of thing, like enjoying or like, you that know, making just... something of the moment rather than just like, Hey, here's a layup. My boss says I got to post four times before puck drop. So I'm going to just chuck one in there. I don't know. Yeah. That seemed like one of like that situation. Somebody's hitting a quota. Yeah. They were just think... trying to hit a quota at that point, but do you think some of it though has to do with, so, and Derek, you're, you're the creator here, obviously, but I feel like in that creative space, a lot of the best work that I see from people, it's all people like yourself, like Cavo, like guys that are guys and girls that are uh, freelancers and, and work for themselves and really push the boundaries of their content to beyond what they've done before. They try different things where you're not held under the confines of I work for the Vegas Golden Knights or I work for the Buffalo Sabres or whatever organization it is because you have the freedom and flexibility to be as creative as you want and to mm-hmm. be a little more innovative where a lot of the creators, you know, and maybe put that in quotes with some of these social media uh, people, you know, yeah. social media and marketers for professional teams or for companies what are they what are they major in marketing in college they get an internship as a social media coordinator and put it on their resume and then they post on these sites but they've they haven't had to go out there and try to grow their business with innovative content right exactly they're not they're not used to push is that part of it i think so um i think a lot of it has to do with also just filling that quota too um i mean but also at the same time is like that I don't know. I want to believe. I want to give the creator the benefit of the doubt that it's probably from the team's perspective that they want that. Mm-hmm. It's boring. Sucks. Sorry, but like for me, as a creator, like if someone told me like, "Oh, we need a twenty-second clip of Phil Kessel," I'm gonna try to figure out the most creative way to show off that twenty-second clip. I'm not gonna just take a static, static image that's just you know extremely boring to look at you can't even see phil kessel's face like i mean it could be that could be someone on the fucking team wearing phil kessel's jersey for all you know you know like i guess the other thing i didn't think about here though too is that was definitely like the type of video where there's no time to edit or cut anything right it's no just i get that Which, yeah no i'm and it. that's and that's not what i'm trying to you know that's not what i'm you know uh bagging them on it's it's more so like that there's just low effort and that there was like that like just anything different. You couldn't like you couldn't have even said before you were recording, like, hey Phil, getting a video for the for the team page. Can you give me something here? Like just gonna play devil's advocate here. I still am not convinced that that wasn't an attempt at like some very dry like humor, like a meme almost, or like a real like you know what I mean? Where there's like those really dry, like, what are if they doing? If you're kind listening of to this and you run the Vegas Golden Knights social, <laughs> please come back at us. I'll welcome you on to rip all of us a new one for the criticism. Uh, so, yeah, if and you, you can agree with one of us Knights, that you're yeah. working for Vegas Golden Knights and we're not. Yeah, that'll, that'll do just fine. Yeah. I mean, you're on the bench at NHL games taking videos and I'm going to beer league later. You know, one of us is clearly winning. Yeah, 
I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but you could bring up that the Vegas mascot wears skate skins. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, yeah. you know, not a big not, deal. A, not a big deal at all, right? Um, <laughs> speaking of mascots, I don't think we've ever addressed it, but can we talk about how horrible the Seattle mascot was? You know what? You know what? It's funny, Derek. I was thinking of this as you were making your last point, um, because we're gonna get our first experience with him tonight as Sabres yes, fans. That's true. I um, about that. And. I heard on Chicklets that Whitney said, or Biz or Whitney said that, or no, I think it was Whitney. I don't even know. One of them said, it's got my ear. Whitney said, it's got my ears and Biz's nose. That's the fucking mascot. And I was like, that's actually insanely accurate. Yeah. Hilarious, I just, I just find just, it very weird that like, it looks like, like a, I, it's, it's like a, a, a troll. Like where, did, yeah. like where did that come from out of Kraken? Like I get that not every team has like a mascot, Able. There's a lot of teams where I don't understand the mascot, and I don't know what that is. But there's also other teams that I don't understand that don't have a mascot. Like, you're telling me that the Michigan Wolverines don't have a fucking mascot? What the that hell? one's a little weird. I don't I, – that still has always blown my mind. Like, well, I, what don't are think, they... I don't think that's a weird animal to make into a, a mascot. Wolf. Yeah, Just get a yeah. live Wolverine. Or that, too. That would be fucking sick. It would be sick, but I feel like that's uh... – You'd have to drug that thing up to keep it like a mascot, though, or it's going to try oh, and... Oh, you send that shit at the opposing sideline. <laughs> now we're talking. Hey, I'm, I, don't, I wouldn't put it past fucking Harbaugh to, you know, try and wind something like that up for sure. <laughs> wouldn't put it past him for a second. Like, can we sick the uh That guy comes from the Chicago out? Bears organization, too. He picked up a few things from Ditka. I love it. Um, but anyways... Or what the fuck were we talking about? Mascot. Yeah, like like the Phillies one. Like, what is it with the city of Philadelphia and these mascots? Like, I don't understand them. These the Phillies one's like green. He looks like a sesame. Him and Gritty the both fanatic. look like they're from Sesame Street. They both look like they've eaten. They've been hanging out at Delisandro's and Pat's steaks like way too much. <laughs> like way too uh, much. I would. I mean, I it's would, funny, but it's just like no interesting. Less than four hundred pounds if I lived in that city. Oh, the food is incredible there. I mean, I take whenever I go to Delisandro's, that's my cheesesteak place. Oh, that's the goat. That's the They're place. number one. Yeah. I always buy one to eat and then always take one to go also. Nice. Yeah. It's just a veteran move. That's all. The way to do it. The yeah. way to do it. Um so yeah, we uh we touched on Phil the Thrill. Um I wanna make some time. Um Rasmus Darling, you absolute animal. Goal in the first um, five games right now? Five straight games. No defenseman in NHL history has done that um, five consecutive games to start a season. No other um, defenseman in NHL history. That's just the way you have to leave it. It's just that's that. it. That's have it. you seen those memes at all of those? Sabres fans have been cropping in like on that image and it was like no defense it was like only defenseman in NHL history and, like that's it like there's yeah. no, no stat afterwards yeah. like Darlene is the only NHL uh, yeah. player Sabres Twitter is a fun place when it's going good or it's going bad oh the replies back to uh, opposite teams on this West uh, Coast trip have been phenomenal yeah Sabres um, Twitter is rolling right now yeah just loving it um also, shout out to a friend of the brand, Mr. Mike Gernelli, um, producer of the Spit and Chicklets, mentioned today as well. He will not be doing the wagon shirts. Um, he said he's already gotten a ton of DMs, so we just appreciate the good juju there. Thank you. Thank you. Um, maybe at some point, but it's still very early. But, man, I'm, I want him to pick them up to the Flyers. Can I can't. We. I'm all about that. Um, I just... I'm left watching them so far. I really couldn't have imagined how that they would look this good this quickly. And I don't know if that's, I'm a scarred Sabres fan. So I don't know if that's like, we've seen this before or yeah. it's, I mean, we gotta, but it feels different. The key is you got to You got to get out of the 12 game mark after that. Then that's the real true test because we've been here before multiple times. 12 games seems to be right at the drop off point. So yeah, we'll the see other, after we'll see game 13 and how they do. The other thing with the, uh, the statistics community, the advanced yeah. stats, there you go. Uh, 
just what I heard actually this morning, I was listening to the last couple episodes of uh, 32 Thoughts, Friedman and Merrick. And um, I think Friedman brought up too, kind of not to rain on the parade, but if you look at the models for expected goals, the Sabres are actually kind of down toward the bottom in expected goals per game, but they're getting more than expected based on the chances that they're getting. Um, So it's, you know, how do you keep up the goal production? Because at some point, right, you're going to come down closer to that expected goals mark and you're not maybe going to get some of the bounces. Uh, And that's where the consistent goaltending comes in. Right. Um, And it's going to be, you know, how much can the goaltenders, you know, keep things on the tracks there. But one thing I want to ask you guys too about Darlene, because I was at the home opener, haven't watched any other games since then. I've been kind of watching some other teams play. Um, but Rasmus has looked unbelievable offensively. Um, but everything I've heard, he, he looks pretty solid on the defensive end as well, right? I mean, it's very, not very, very much improved. Right. And that, and that was always the knock. It was, hey, we know you've got the skill. We know you've got the talent. What can you do on both ends? But he no, just, he's, finally, he's finally in the spot that I th- – and I think – I knew that he would – Yeah, right? I knew that he would be there. I knew that it would take some time, and I knew that he was going to be a project player. Some people did not think that. They obviously thought that they were you – know, You just uh, assume, right, with a Yeah, like a lot of people – yeah, but it's a defenseman. They have to get burnt so many times for them and, to be good. You have to literally is, get burnt so many times in order to be good. He's gotten so much more physical the last like, – yeah. especially starting this last year. season this and then year this year too. Crazy. I mean, he just – he's – He's in the he's middle in, of everything. Yeah, and he's not afraid to assert himself out there anymore. Like he still has the skill, obviously, and he still uses the skill. But now it's all of a sudden people have to respect the fact that, oh, when you skate in and, and Rasmus Dahlin's there, like, keep your head up. Yeah, it's – he's – I don't know. He's – it's a level of comfort you can see. He's comfortable in his skin out there. He's comfortable in his role. Um you know, he's wearing a letter this year. Um, I think he he's understanding, he's learning the game. He's learning to pick his spots, you know. he's There's a level of comfort in knowing, I think, you're, you're getting better mentally, physically. You're getting stronger, you know, faster. Like, you're getting more and more comfortable with the pace of the NHL and the mental part of it. And that gives us extremely talented player like Dalene offensively, right? it gives him that level of, all right, I know I got it offensively. I'm picking things up on the back end now where I, my team needs me to be better. And he's just not thinking so much. Like Kruger had his brain in a blender and trying to make him play a style that he shouldn't be playing. He's one of the most skilled you know, offensive players. Yes, he plays defense, but you're starting to see that he was – you know why he was a number one pick. You can't be a number one pick as a defenseman and not be a good defenseman. It's just different learning how to do it in the NHL against the best players in the world. As a kid, you he still a, he have of, he's, yeah. He had a lot of things that he had to to learn and adjust to, and yeah, that takes time. And it also credit to the coaching staff, right? Because when Granado came in a lot of these players, and we've talked about it before, they got more freedom to make mistakes and to be young, talented players and not boxed in a system and, you know, afraid to make a mistake. You could tell guys are going out there, they're taking chances, they're learning from them, and then the next time they see that same play, they're they're executing. Well, right? I, I mean, go, go ahead I, there. To bounce, you know, continue on that thought, um, I listened to on WGR last week. I think it was during the pregame. Um, they had on uh, the Rochester uh, head coach, and Rochester definitely not as good this year. Um, obviously, we took a lot of lot of talent from them, um, and they decided to go real young on their end. Um, they have four teenagers on their team, and in the AHL, that's that's a lot. Like yeah. I mean, that. Guys don't come into the AHL until 20, something like that. Usually, you know, 18-year-olds, if they're going to be playing pro hockey, they're usually in 
somewhere else playing juniors or they're going right to the league. Like you just don't end up in the AHL at, you know, 18 years old, but they have four guys that are in their teens between 18 and 19. And what I really liked hearing him say is that he talked, you know, they had their meeting with uh, Kevin Adams and Don Granado and the goal out of Rochester is solely to make their players better. It's not even like they don't even really care about the record at the end of the day. They're not going for wins. They said that they would rather have four teens on their team playing in the AHL than playing off and somewhere fucking off in Czech Republic where a coach is going to bury them because they don't give a flying fuck that you're a Sabres prospect. Whereas you can have them in the AHL, they'll make mistakes, but you can watch them and you can have them under your umbrella and actually help them and know what kind of role they're going to immediately step into at the Buffalo, you know, in the Buffalo Sabres organization. I just like hearing that our, you know, our minor league program is being used to actually like you know, funnel and feed. Funnel, the funnel and I mean, feed. They're right. not just trying to like win, win stuff down there, and they're not trying to get the best players. They're actually trying to develop players down in the AHL. And if the record sucks, then the record sucks. Who cares? It's going to be up and down. They're going to have years like they had last year. They're going to have, yeah. you know. mm-hmm. and then they'll so, have years where we take a handful yeah. of players from them, and then they suck. But, that's the nature of the beast. But that's but what you're I, supposed to be as a minor league team, too. Agreed. Is. And But I just liked actually yeah. hearing it. It was just oh, nice yeah, to totally. finally you know, actually hear and say, like, these two teams are on the same page, and the end goal is developing players to play in the NHL. And that is so nice because you got to think about how many players end up on a team at young and they end up getting buried. They don't get their opportunity. And then they're just stuck in the AHL. And it was like, why did we sign them so young to begin with? What's the point? The point right. is to have them in the NHL. We're not signing guys to have a good, you know, Calder, you know, Calder trophy winning team down in the AHL, you know, that the, the AHL is, exists for guys to get better and make mistakes. And if they get yeah. well, and I think shit on by older guys, they're going to get shit on by older I, guys. It's the thing going to happen in the NHL too. I'd be interested too, though, to see, cause I, I a hundred percent agree. That's what the minors are for in any sport is development. But I'd be interested to know what the dynamic in the locker room is because when you look at a lot of those AHL teams, Rochester included, obviously, there are guys on those teams that have been on that team for a long time. Yeah, I mean, you got and they are player co- coaches and stuff. They're career minor league guys, right? Maybe they get called up for a game or two in the NHL, but it's basically understood, you know, okay, dude, you're 27 years old. You haven't cracked it yet. You're probably a career minor leaguer. I feel like those guys probably care a lot about wins and losses and Calder Cups and things like that, where – the 18, 19 year old kid that knows he's a first round draft pick or a high, a highly touted prospect is like, Hey, I'm just doing my time here. I'm going to play free and loose and then just, you know, wait for my, my call up next season or whatever. I'd be interested to know kind of what the dynamic is between players and, you know, the sort of, if there's tension there. Tudor, I think that I agree. I agree with you completely, but I think that at the end of the day, it comes down to coaching and the type of culture that you <laughs> set up in your organization, pretty much. Um, like, if you have guys that are understood that are going to go to the NHL, like, you would hope that those guys aren't going to just fuck off and know that they're going to go to the NHL eventually. Like, you would hope that the guys that you recruited and drafted have the good mindset that they still care about winning at the end of the day. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean like that they would screw off and not necessarily care, but I mean, but like they know that their time there isn't forever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But you know, I think that that also comes, it's the same thing with coaches. And I think, you know, when you have your one-on-one conversations, you can instill that into a player and be like, look, nothing's ever guaranteed. Like you might be a first high, high round draft pick, but like, you could probably name on your, you know, on your fingers the amount of high prospects that didn't even sniff the league. So it's just like, I'm sure that they have, they know that more, more than enough. But like, I think that comes down to coaching and GM stuff of like saying, look, you might be a high draft pick, but you are not guaranteed to make this team or even sniff the major, you know, the major leagues. Whereas a, a guy who is 
a career minor leaguer, obviously, like knows that where his place is, but he was also in those guys' shoes at one point too, you know? And there's just a weird point, I think, in the AHL and the minor leagues that you transition from a hopeful prospect to a career leaguer pretty much. And I think that then that's a, definitely a coming to terms thing too. But, you know, yeah. yeah. There's definitely a lot of trade-offs and it is, and I think that the AHL is a very weird league because you do have a mix of those guys. You have a mix of guys who are on straight development mode and then you have a mix of guys who are cruising for the next paycheck basically. I, I think that's say, why I you see the too, development though. though really quick is like that you, you, you can have guys, teams have guys in Europe, the quicker they can get them to the AHL club or the NHL club is what they're always trying to do because Yes, the KHL and these other leagues in Europe are good, but the AHL is the second best league in the world. I would say. I yeah. feel that it is. I yeah. just I don't know oh, what yeah. the consensus there, but like I would say that I think people would argue the KHL is better than the AHL. I was just about but, to say I think the KHL. Is yeah, like I mean, right, you, right next to it. Yeah, maybe, but then why is it that guys more times than not? when they've had their run in the NHL, they go play in Russia versus they're in the age, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're aging out and everything is one thing, right. But you see guys who are pretty young who just can't quite shake it. And they decide to make the jump to Europe because yeah, the money's better. More. The yeah. money's better. You're used to a certain lifestyle and all that sort of stuff, but that doesn't make it a better league. Like it'd be interesting to see, like Potterowski's Chicago Ice Wolves from last year face off against whoever won the KHL. I'd be very interested to see what that's like, but I guess that's a debate for another day. But it was something I wanted to bring up really quick before we uh, Tudes makes his last point here and we transition to the, the yeah. Benton. Last thing, last thing on the AHL there. I will say, as someone that grew up in the Rochester area uh, and was not a Sabres fan. I think what a lot of Sabres fans in Buffalo and I'm sure any NHL fan who doesn't live in a minor league town doesn't necessarily realize is there's a lot of people that live in the town where these AHL teams are, where that's their squad, right? So like a lot of my buddies that are big Sabres fans, they tune into the Amherst games to watch Rochester play because of all the prospects they're excited about. But I think what gets lost on some of those uh, fans is there's a whole subset of people in Rochester who are diehard Rochester Americans fans. They're season ticket holders. They go to games and it's kind of weird for them because they don't give a shit about like development and going to the NHL. Cause they're like, this is my team. I want them to win the Calder cup. And I just think that's like a, an interesting dynamic too. Cause like those fans, they get like, you know, a little bit like they get excited when they see a player get called up to the next level, obviously, because that's someone they've rooted for and they want to see them win. But you look at guys like, you know, Ryan Miller, Thomas Vanek, guys that have played in Rochester and made that transition those fans get excited, but there's also, I think, a little bit for those Rochester folks, a bit of resentment toward it and being like, man, now I don't get to watch these players when I go to games. For sure. I was just thinking about that, too, of like uh, they were showing like Amherst commercials during one of the Sabres games. And I was like, man, they've really grown a really good community up there. Like those games yeah. are pretty packed, honestly. They are. So, I mean. So shout out, shout out to the Amherst fans because I, I grew up as a kid going to those games and they were always fun. It was cool seeing the good players transition through there and get called up to uh, to the NHL and watch them take off. You know, still awesome there. hockey to watch. Yeah, oh, Obviously. absolutely, it was great hockey. If anything, it's more. I think it's a little bit more fun. It's kind of like college a little bit. It's it's more college like. It's way faster. Um, There's a lot of desperation in the way that guys yeah. play at that mm -hmm. level, too, because they're all trying to get that one shot to get to the next level. Yeah, right? guys are definitely going for bigger bigger hits, bigger plays and stuff like that, just trying to turn heads for sure. Um, and I think it definitely creates a little bit more fun product. There's a lot less safety, I would say. Yeah, yeah. More fighting and shit, yeah. 
A lot of guys. Well, not even just that. I mean, like safe plays. Like the coaches aren't going to like, they're not oh, yeah, yeah. like locking down. Like, oh, we've got a real defensive, you know, we've got a real high scoring team. Let's lock this down. That's know, why it's like, who cares what UPL's like goals against is in Rochester? Because like, dude. It's a whole different style of hockey. Like he's probably mm-hmm. getting hung out to dry because oh, guys he is hundred percent plays, and you know those are plays that maybe don't happen in an NHL game. Yeah, yeah, guys are seeing Kale McCarr and Miro Heiskanen's contracts, and they're like, "Shit, I gotta learn how to skate with the puck and make plays here offensively if I'm gonna have a shot." Um, <laughs> that's a little facetious, but you guys get what I'm saying. Um, yeah, uh, to wrap up here, though, let's switch over. Let's uh, button up these picks here. I got a short card this week. Um, you, you and me both, buddy. Yeah, so, um, dudes, I don't know if you want to run a very quick recap or yep. if we just want to get into it. I could do a quick recap. I'll start with uh, with Derek. Derek had three picks <laughs> last week. Uh, UCLA plus six lost. Tulane minus seven, one, and UCF minus five. They got spanked by East Carolina. Yeah, UCF, yeah, UCF royally fucked one me too. Yeah, one and really two bad. week for Derek. He is not quite out of the gutter yet. Nope, not uh, even close, buddy. Benny with a uh, a five hundred week uh, took losses on Kansas plus eight against Baylor and Kansas State plus five and a half. Thank you very much, TCU. Um, and then uh, he took the wins on Alabama minus 21 and Oregon State minus 24. So that brings Benny's record to 13, 21 and one. Derek's overall record, uh, 6, 18 and one. Ugh. And then I had wow. a uh, I had a two and one weekend. Uh, TCU minus three and a half hit over Kansas State. UCLA plus six. I was on that with Derek as well. That lost. And then Alabama minus 21 uh, with an easy win there. Can we just so, say that it's actually almost in, completely impressive of how fucking bad of a record I have? I'm not watching any of these fucking games. I'm not like studying the lines either. Like I'm literally like picking teams that are good against the spread. And yeah. it's just fucking me time after time. I don't understand it, and there's literally like no other way around it. Like, I mean, like, what, do you, like, what do you, what do you do? Like, what, what do I do? Like, I mean, I'm just betting against the spread, and I'm picking good teams and looking. I like, I know the matchups by now, and what teams are generally good and which ones to avoid, and definitely knowing that home home field advantage plays a huge role in college football. I mean, it's the same way with college basketball, but man, it's it's been bad. Yeah. It's it's interesting. It's been a it's tough, yeah. but I mean it's it's also difficult because Vegas is so good with a lot of these spreads, right? So at the end of the day, we talked about it like the last couple weeks, right? Where Benny had one where he had a a minus four and I had a plus four and you know Benny ended up losing the bet because his team won by three and didn't cover the spread. Like the margins are razor thin sometimes. And that's what, that's what kills you is you might do your research and make what seems to be a smart pick. And then it just doesn't pan out. Yeah. Still got to play the game. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's That's really what it is. And, and I think too, the, these teams are proud, right? So even if a team is not playing well, it's really tough because it could be, you know, an oversight by the, the favored team. And then, you know, the, the other team's not going to go in and lay down, right? Like, it, yeah. it is what it is. But yeah, with that in mind, uh, um, get to this I'll, week's picks. I'll just kick it off. Um, you know, you mentioned I had Kansas State last week. Lost is what it is. We're going back, baby. Give me oh, in the state of Kansas. Me. We're going back. <laughs> We're going back. Kansas State minus one and a half. Fuck Oklahoma State. I am so sick of that team. I can't wait for them to blow it like they do every year. They're coming off a high, off a big win. This is the spot. This is the spot that Oklahoma State does what they do every year. Kansas State, the fact that that line is so small is recency bias because they kind of went away in the second half there against TCU last week. 
give it to me. Kansas State has two really good quarterbacks, too. A 28 to 10 lead in the second half against TCU. I thought TCU was dead. TCU is a juggernaut. TCU is for fucking real. We found that out. That's all well and good. That's a tough loss, but they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. And then you got the other, you know, the other side of the fact that they're coming off a big win, Oklahoma State, usually the next week. They've been partying a little bit. It's usually a smart idea to fade a team coming off a big win when it comes to the bet and the spreads. I think that line's going to keep going up. If it goes the other way, even better, going to fade the shit out of the public. Give me Kansas State minus one and a half. Um, second pick, this is the last pick of, for my card this week. I'm sure I'll have stuff to add, but I'll, for show picks, this is what I'm going to bet. Um, South Carolina at home minus four. They're on a bit of a heater. South Carolina – on this show, we many of us mentioned that they stink. They've quietly kind of come alive in the SEC a little bit. They are ranked right now, I believe, too. Um, I don't know. I can't remember exactly what number they are um, in the top 25, but I'm quite sure they are ranked now. Um, game at home against a Missouri team that I think is getting a little too much respect here. Um, I think they, the books have just kind of been riding that game. They played Georgia, and they kind of kept it interesting for a while. Um, I think there's a little bit of that playing into this line too, but South Carolina seems like they found themselves a little bit um, in recent weeks. So coming back, you know, coming in front of the home fans, put on a better display. They haven't had some, they've had a couple of rough home games this year. I think they're going to come out firing. And um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm all in on the Gamecocks this week. So I'm going to two picks this week. Like I said, South Carolina minus four, Kansas state minus one and a half. Derek, fucking Oklahoma State. I can't wait for that fucking game. I can't wait to watch Oklahoma State do what they do every year. Spencer Sanders has been in the fucking – he signed four contract extensions. How many fucking red shirts can this guy get? Jesus Christ. Guys, you're, you're just on a roll there, just going going off on Oak State. Yeah, and not for nothing, too, Mike Gundy, as what a gem that guy is. What the fuck are you shaving your mullet for? Grow up. It's a trademark. Leave the fucking thing. I'm all well, done. Go ahead. <laughs> Tudor, you can go. I'm still uh I'm all right. still looking at my last one here. This is gonna be fun. Uh, so I got three picks this week, a little bit of a shorter card. Uh first pick I took uh Ole Miss, Texas A and M, taking Ole Miss minus two and a half. Uh mm-hmm. Texas A and M's been kind of weird this year. It's been a little bit up and down. And Ole Miss, I think, just has a better offense. I think they're going to put enough points on the board where they're going to cover a field goal. Uh, so I think tough loss Miss, last week too. Yeah, so Ole Miss minus two and a half is one that that I really like here. Add um, that to my card. Put yeah. it in the ring. Uh, Utah, Washington State. I'm taking Utah minus seven. I already locked that one in as well. Uh, That's a Friday I, kick, right? Yeah, uh, and I just I like Utah a lot this year they you know they have played some really good games ended up beating usc uh, you know so just a lot of really good football i think from utah uh at this point i'm i'm liking what they've what they're bringing to the table their last two games um they lost to number 12 ranked ucla but then they came back and they beat number 14 or sorry number 10 ranked at the time uh usc so you know, they're playing good football and they're playing a not very good, uh, you know, squad or maybe falling off squad right now in Washington State. They started out hot, but they're not, you know. I don't yeah, they were a darling. They, had a, they, they came out of the gate nice. And then uh, my last pick. Benny's I can't fu- I can't part. fucking wait. Give it to me. Go on. Go, go, go lay down for Gundy at plus one and a the, half, you the, schmuck. So I liked plus I it, when I locked the pick in earlier it was plus one at minus one ten. So instead of taking the plus one, I took Oklahoma State money line at plus one hundred five. So Oklahoma <laughs> State to win. I think Oklahoma State's winning this game. I really do. I I hope that what I can do at the end of this season is ride Oklahoma State to enough victories where they can help me pay for a Spencer Sanders jersey for Benny for Christmas. There you go. Wow. That's what I'm hoping for at this point. I'd rock it. You know. I can uh, that's one thing. And when I lose, I can own it. 
But yeah. if I have a grievance with somebody and it's strictly gambling, it's never personal. It's all business. No, Spencer I mean, I Sanders tell, is a delightful you, individual. I could tell you right now, you know, a handful of college uh, basketball and football players that I've vocally called for their scholarships to be revoked over the last decade because they absolutely, money, you know, yeah. so it is what it is. I, uh, you know, there's only, you know, it's only healthy to hold a grudge in gambling. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, those are my three picks for the week. Ole Miss minus two and a half, Utah minus seven, Oklahoma state money line at plus one Oh five. Um, right now I'm sitting at 23 and 10 overall on show picks this season for college football. So just hoping to keep the momentum alive. Loving it. Enjoying the heater. You're on. I'm happy to be a part of it because I'm my, some of my picks are helping a little bit because you're like, yeah, Every now and again, I should definitely fade Benny. You know what? TCU is actually fading you. Because I, I won on TCU last week, and you bet against them and lost. But yeah. the week before that, you bet on TCU, and they didn't cover. There you go. So, I mean, TCU might actually be listening to this show and, and fading you. They could be. They could be. They get, they're they an impressive team, though. I just can't get on the right side with them yet. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully before the year ends, because it seems like fun to be on them. Yeah, no, that's that's all right. It it's fun to it's fun to just be on a team like that, you know, throughout the course of a season, and we'll okay. see what happens uh, in the Oklahoma State game this week again with uh, you and me. <laughs> all right, to head, Derek. What do you got? Well, um, bring it home, buddy. I was gonna just keep riding Tulane because they're the only thing that's been fucking. Keeping me consistent. Well, they got a buy this weeks. week, don't they? Yep, they have a buy this week. Um, there you go. Uh, I would have loved to have bet on the Syracuse Orange uh, to take down Notre Dame because fuck Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> but the lovely state of New York does not allow me to bet on uh, games that there's a New yeah, York uh, college team. Yeah, which is the stupidest fucking rule in the entire world. Yeah, they're probably just trying to negotiate a higher tax percentage on that from the books or something. So. What I have is to start off with, um, I am going to take my Michigan Wolverines at home against Michigan State Spartans at minus 22 and a half. Michigan State stinks. Fuck Michigan State. They stink. Harbaugh and might actually beat them once. Whoa. whoa, whoa. Oh. Let's pump the brakes. Oh. Buddy. That was. So we, 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 don't, we don't need we don't need, down. Michigan right. Michigan does not need any further jinxing that they already do themselves. Um, <laughs> and the next one that I have is uh, we got Wake Forest at minus four and a half against Louisville. Um, they Love are away um, six and one against the spread. And then to round it off a little bit smaller, um, we have USC minus fifteen and a half. Those. Uh, both of those last two picks, Derek, are ones that I looked uh, very, very long and hard at. Well, that gives me a little bit more confidence, um, but I still have none in myself whatsoever. Um, What's USC's line at right now? It was, I think, 15 and a half earlier. Minus 15 and a half. Yep. Okay. That's what I got them at. Uh, I was going to, as a from left field, uh, the Arkansas State Red Wolves are oh. fucking terrible this year. But despite no, 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 I didn't. No, I didn't. I was. I, I just have been keeping track of them every single week because I'm looking at the against the spread. But they are they are underdogs and every single week, and they are six and two against the spread somehow. So mm. I've Brazilian been, like, team. I've been, I've been very close to pulling the trigger on them, but I who are they playing this week? They are playing South Alabama Jaguars, who are five and two, and the line is only minus ten. So, uh, if it was a little more lucrative, if it was a little more lucrative, like a minus fifteen or something like that, I might take it. But are they at home? Yeah, they are at home. Yeah, but they are a plus three hundred on the money line. So Vegas is definitely not too confident. Yeah. But I just think that that's very impressive. Six and two against the spread, despite being underdogs, and I think almost every single game. Like I think they're they're plus plus points on almost every single spread every single week that I've looked at. Interesting. So Arkansas very, State, everybody, keep an eye on them. Arkansas State podcast. We'll, we'll see. For now. And um, the uh, 
I, I and to round up betting, uh, I said it last week. Uh, I said I was going to end up doing the unders trend this week on the prime times, and the overs went two and one this week. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Uh, just painful. I feel yeah, you, buddy. No, I can't Sunday, figure. This, I can't night, figure out the NFL. It's the Sunday brutal. night. Um, was the under I definitely thought last night was going to be an under. Oh my God. But that just, they couldn't, they couldn't have had that on, they couldn't have had that total low enough. That was just, if someone was ballsy enough to take that over, that's just good old fun for a gambler right there. No, I I mean, it was only 40, but just like the way I was just, I was specific. I was going based off of the stats of the, it was 40. I thought it dropped to like 38. I got it at 40. Hmm. So that's good. It was a good value bet. At least, yeah, no, and I was closing I was line really, value. I was really only doing it just because the unders have been crazy in prime time this year, and I was gonna lose my mind if I just was watching money just sit on the table from that because it literally has been such a crazy stat on the unders this year. Yeah, it goes back, uh, it goes back to last year too. Like, it's unders it's are like carrying, 59, carrying over in yeah, seasons. Like 59% or something like that hitting yeah. on prime time this year. Yeah. Um, After yeah, this week, nice. it's a little less because there was two two overs hit. So right, I don't adjust it too much, but no. Anyways, great show, boys. Pleasure as always. Um, go Sabers, go Bills. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you're uh, fading and tailing accordingly when it comes to the gambling picks. Um, I guess we'll leave it at that. That's really all that needs to be said. <laughs> um. Like I said, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, we'll be Stop back next week. Friday. Yeah, we'll be Friday. back next week for another new episode. Friday, tomorrow when you're hearing this. Hopefully you listen to it Thursday. Tomorrow, come by the shop, 712 Main Street. We'll see you there and see you next week, everybody. Have a good rest of the week. Later. See you.